Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Columbus Dispatch is taking an in-depth, year-long look at the Linden neighborhood. This series will explore how Linden became one of the most economically depressed neighborhoods in Columbus and the challenges of revitalizing the neighborhood. We'll speak with residents, neighborhood leaders, and elected officials throughout the series. You can read about it in the newspaper at dispatch.com and listen on this podcast. This is Living in Linden. Hello, I'm Jim Woods. I'm the uh, night reporter at the Columbus Dispatch, and I am doing the latest installment on the Linden neighborhood. We are taking a closer look at crime. For the past nine years, I've been the night reporter for the Dispatch, so I've gone to the Linden neighborhood on a number of occasions. Crime is a persistent problem there. So Bethany Bruner, our police reporter, and myself have been spending time trying to analyze the different factors that cause crime in the neighborhood and which strategies are being used to try to counteract that. So I spent time during the recent National Night Out. I I talked to quite a number of people. One woman in particular was really interesting to talk to. She's 85 years old. She has lived in the same house for more than 50 years on Cleveland Avenue. She's very, very much concerned about her neighborhood and really does seem to have a, a finger on the pulse of what's going on. And what she sees as the underlying factors is the breakdown of the family, unfortunately, children not being supervised. And and she even noted, interestingly enough, that how counteractive it is for drug dealers to go after each other like they do in the neighborhood because they end up killing each other over money that they won't collect anyway, and then they they end up in prison. And so she had a, a really good insight on things. Other things that people were noting is that people get the impression that North and South Linden, when a crime happens, that that's the whole area, the whole neighborhood, and it's not. And that's really unfair. Where most of the problems seem to happen is on streets where there are vacant houses, in particular on 26th Avenue and Duxbury Avenue. We took a closer look at Duxbury Avenue, where they had 78 shooting incidents reported in a five-year period. And that street's just a little bit less than a mile long. In particular, a couple years ago, I remember going out to Duxbury to do a story. There was this child who was only, he was six years old. He had gone to bed for the night and there was a shooting outside and the mother discovered that her son had been struck in the head. Fortunately, that child survived. So I went back months later and and went and talked to her. And when I was inside her house, I noted that she showed me that there was a bullet hole in the window. So I thought that that was from the incident months ago. But she actually told me, no, that's when her other son got hit in a separate incident. And I met her other son, and yes, in fact, that happened. So there are streets in the neighborhood where there seem to be more problems than others. And so people shouldn't get the impression that it's every street in the neighborhood. It it just seems to be some problem areas that are persistent. 
Hey, Jim, it's Patrick Flaherty. I'm a web producer here at The Dispatch. Just a couple questions. So why do you think that the crime is so high in the Linden area? Do you think it's just because of maybe the poverty and the poverty level there? Or do you think it has anything to do with the drugs in the area? I mean, is like all the crime there, is it all like drug-related crimes? Or how much of that, I guess, would be, or does that play a factor? Um, I think it's all those things combined. I think a woman, Florence Holmes, who I interviewed, she seems to really kind of pin it on the breakdown of the family. And a lot of other people talk about the lack of opportunities. One thing that's interesting about the Linden neighborhood, it always has been kind of the working man's neighborhood, if you look at its history. And at one time at Fifth Avenue and North High, there used to be a massive plant called the uh, Timken Roller Bearing Plant. And that used to supply a lot of employment, good paying jobs jobs to the area. Not not rich, but people could get by. But the loss of those kinds of jobs have made things difficult. And sometimes people turn to crime and that happens. And, and that's the kind of thing uh, that happens in the neighborhood. One good thing I saw from the visit in the neighborhood, about 20 years ago, they built a development called Rosewind. And it is on the grounds of where Windsor Terrace was. And I remember years ago when I started with the dispatch, Windsor Terrace was considered one of the most violent and troublesome areas. But what they did, which was I thought was a really good idea, was they transformed that from a high-density apartment kind of complex to one that provides more suburban-style housing for people and lots of green space. And they have had um, a lot fewer problems with the Rosewind development than they ever had with the Windsor Terrace. And I'm just saying that because in my in my nine years of working nights, I kind of know where the trouble spots seem to, to come up. And it's apparent that Rosewind is not a problem area. And I think it was because people were wise and they looked at the situation. They said, hey, we need to have a better living situation here in the neighborhoods. And they took care of that. Is there anything being done by the city or police or any kind of efforts to maybe curb the crime in London? Or is there any ongoing efforts or initiatives to maybe subside some of that crime? Well, this summer, they had what they call the Linden Safe Streets Program. And what it was is that they concentrated more officers in that area. A lot of times they put officers out on bike patrols. And and like one of the people in the neighborhood noted to me, they really appreciate that, especially it's better to have officers out on bikes because they can interact much easier with people and talk to people. They also can kind of come up on issues a lot quicker and more stealthily than they can if they were in cruisers. And it just seems to be that officers and cruisers people can't relate to that as much but this is it's kind of like a throwback kind of thing with the officers walking the beat and it seems to go over now it's interesting a couple of years back they had a program called the summer safety initiative and when they first started it they had an unfortunate incident where a couple of undercover officers and a man named henry green got into a shooting situation and mr green died and that caused lots of controversy the mayor and the administration they seem to have they are very sensitive to that it seems like this year there has not been any big controversies that have come up so it seems to be people have rare reviews about that the other interesting issue just in conversation with people in particular from over in rosewind i talked to a person who is starting like a community block watch program and what she said that what they were really trying to do is get people to report crime, even if they would just 
give the information to her. And she said that there is a real culture in the community of no snitching, that you don't tell about crime that's happening in your neighborhood. But she says that, hey, things are not going to change, really change for the better until we start doing that and taking responsibility. So I thought her insight was really good. Some people say that, like, maybe take Franklinton, for example, as another neighborhood that it's kind of on the up or there's like moves to like a revitalization program or it's kind of like becoming more diverse and um, is really on the up. Is Linden kind of like that as well? Or is there anything going on on those fronts? It's complex. Interestingly enough, I talked to one woman who lives on Oakland Park. And she referred to her neighborhood as East Clintonville. And the reason why she does that, I could see because I've, I've been in their neighborhoods. There are isolated, there are streets in that, in that neighborhood. If you look at the housing, it is very similar to what you get in parts of Clintonville. So I think they need to look to build on those factors, on that build on those streets. The other big thing that, that everybody talks about is bringing jobs. Jobs make the difference because it provides living and provides hope. There's no one easy answer to all of this because a lot of it deals with with individuals and their choices, but other things deal with providing opportunities as a whole in the community and, and bringing business into the community that provides the jobs and provides the livelihoods and hope for people. What we're writing about this week is just one part of the big puzzle that's Linden. And hope you stay with us in, in reading because it, there's so much. And it, the people are really terrific in that community if you get to know them and talk to them and hopefully we can kind of convey even just a small part of that through this series. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.